Thanks for tuning in to the Atheist in the Desert podcast. Uh, appreciate you listening. <clears throat> so what's on my mind today? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about fasting. And the only reason I'm going to talk about it is because it's it's been kind of an interesting dynamic for me. Uh, again, I don't know. Again, I don't know if you've been listening to me at all. I've been doing this fasting diet since July 2nd, and I've lost right around 20 pounds. And basically, what it is is I am I'm only eating in a small window of the day. So I started out fasting for 16 hours, and then I would eat within eight. And the idea is, you know, since you're going so long, I mean, again, I don't want to go into a whole long detail of what what the process is. You're trying to get your body into ketosis, and it starts to burn your reserve fat, and it's an interesting thing. So, like I said, if you want to look into it, it's it's interesting. So, I started out um, doing um, 16 and 8, then I switched it to 17 and 7. So, and I always pick my eating window like in the afternoon, evening, because that's when I always used to do all my snacking, and that's like the worst time. So I figured if I'm going to snack, at least it's within that window. Um, and then I switched to 18 and 6. So I don't eat for 18 hours. So basically, the schedule I'm on right now is I eat from 3 to 9, and that's it. And I don't eat the rest of the day. And I also try when I'm in that window, too, to not like eat like five gallons of ice cream and 82 hamburgers and. The funny part is, is you can only eat so much. That's the thing. Your stomach's only so big. So even if you happen to cheat a little bit and eat more than you probably should, you're still only going to eat, you know, I used to eat three, four, five meals a day that were 2,000 calories, you know. So if I eat 2,000 calories within that window, hey, it doesn't feel as bad. And I've also added in a little bit of a 42-hour fast. And I've done three of those so far. And basically, I don't eat. So what? What I'm kind of the program I'm at right now is two on, one off, two on. So basically, I still stick to my 18 and six plan, but I throw in a complete day of not eating. And I I came off of that yesterday. Um, and I think the reason I want to talk about it isn't necessarily this isn't a health show and and it's working well and I do enjoy it. I, I do like it. It's it's been pretty good for me. Because you always feel like at some point of the day you can eat and you don't feel bad about eating. And what I do at like 3 o'clock, I just have a little snack of something and I try not to go crazy till dinner. And then I try to eat a fairly okay meal and not go crazy. But I've gone crazy on some days. But it, again, it's like it doesn't even matter. Um, but the reason that I, I'm, I'm going to talk about fasting today because it's an interesting concept. Because food was a very important part of my life. A lot of my day was was spent on planning on when I'm going to eat, what I'm going to have, um, and when you remove that from a period of time, you have to get focused on other things. You have to get focused on something else. And just as an example, just this past Sunday, I decided to go the whole day without eating, and so I got focused on other things. I fixed my toilet, and I just it. You can understand without. If you've never fasted, it's almost kind of hard to explain, but I can understand why your spiritual and your religious philosophies recommend fasting because it makes you become more aware, you know, um, you're not as distracted. You can, you can get in tune with your, like I almost, 
in order to pass the time, I can, in the boredom, I can get involved in something else, whether it's work-related, whether it's something around the house, whether it's with my kids, whether it's with a friend, my wife, whatever. I just feel more focused. And I think fasting can be a, a great tool. Um, and again, I'm going to use this word, <laughs> even though I, I don't know another way of describing it, but of increasing your spirituality. And, and you know, when I was talking about the steps, if you listen to that, there's a, there's a line in there that says, having had a spiritual awakening. And I said, you can just remove the spiritual and just say, I've, having had an awakening. I've become less and less interested lately in the verbiage of things. And I'm actually to a point now where it doesn't even really bother me anymore when people talk about God. Because again, they're, they're labeling it something else. You know, um, I have said from the start of this podcast that I'm all about the ever-changing flow of the universe. So in a sense, that's a power greater than me. The universe is greater than me. But at the same time, the universe is me. <laughs> because the universe is all-encompassing. So... I'm getting off topic a little bit, but so let's, 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 let's put a bookmark in that topic and go back to the fasting thing. The reason I believe that fasting can help you engage more is because you're not as distracted. You know, if, if food is an important thing to you, and, and one thing I've noticed since I've been doing this is that food is a huge part of our everyday lives. And you think about it, every single corner, there's a fast food. You know, you're bombarded with these ads. Oh, go get this. You know, I, you know, I'm always looking at Sonic's ads. You know, oh, you get the cherry berry mulch flush, whatever. They have those funny little commercials. And you're just, it almost feels like you should always be stuffing your face the way this, you, you know. And one thing I've noticed that doing this is I don't have to be always stuffing my face. I can go periods of time where I, I can do other things. You know, just that awareness um, of fasting and, and being hungry, you know, this, this mental state that it isn't even real. I just think I'm hungry. We're so trained that we need to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And even the health nuts are, have trained us to think that, you know, we should, you know, eat, you know, six to eight small meals a day. Cause we got to constantly be feeding our body. Well, I don't think we do. And the whole process was that our ancestors, I don't, again, I'm not a, complete study on the history of humans I've, humans I've done some reading about it and but it seems to me that they weren't eating six meals a day in fact they were probably eating one meal a day when they when, when they found it especially the really ancient ones before they were hunting and gathering when they were just hunting and they just hey I got I killed this animal we can eat it and that's it you know um, like right now I'm really hungry. <laughs> You know, it's one o'clock. I got two hours till I can have a snack. And I'm just able to focus a little more. Um, I guess what it does is it makes you be more in tune with things around you. And, I, and I've noticed that since I've started this, I just, I don't feel as anxious. I don't, I have more energy. That's the funny part. And it makes sense because it said in this book I read that you're tapping into your, I mean, I'll, I'll go into a, a two minute summary. You can think of your body's re food reserves as a, as a refrigerator and a freezer. You have your refrigerator, which is the short term, which is the glycogen, 
which is like the you know your 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 um your uh your simple carbohydrates sugar you know things like that um flour or whatever I, I don't know I can't remember exactly but it's the stuff that you eat that gives you a short burst of energy and most of us that's why we're usually constantly stuffing our faces because we feel like oh I'm getting a little lightheaded I better eat something well the other part of your body the long term reserves which I can't remember the name for it right this second but basically the fat on your body that has energy as well we never get there because we're constantly feeding our fridge you know we never we never go into our freezer which is the long term storage on our body the fat and I've noticed that when my body, I can kind of tell when my body gets into that ketosis, it's called, where it starts to use that part of the body. I, I just have this energy clarity burst. It's weird. Like I get anxious and my wife's even noticed that when I'm talking, I just feel more clear. Um, so this fasting thing, I'm a huge proponent. I, everybody I run into that notices I've lost weight, I, I just bring it up and I talk to them about it right away because I'm just so into it and I think it works. It's worked for me, you know, 20 pounds. I haven't seen the weight I'm at right now. I haven't seen in years. Like, I don't even know the last time I've been at this weight. And I'm enjoying it. Um, so, fasting and spirituality. So, you know what? I'm off of that right now. So, I'm going to switch things up a little bit, get back to what I put my bookmark in about terminology or verbiage of things. Um, I'm calling myself an atheist, right? And I and I still don't even know if I am an atheist. If you want to say I'm an atheist in a sense that I'm an anti-theist and I'm not into a, a one view of religion or God and I think that a lot of this stuff is just superstition, I guess I'm anti that way. However, I feel like it's kind of... And how I got to this point lately is... If you've heard my past podcasts, I, I was really into Sam Harris's view on free will. And I was really into it and I would, you know, I studied it and I listened to it and it, a lot of it made sense. And then I heard a talk with Sam Carroll and Sam Harris, or I'm sorry, Sean Carroll and Sam Harris. And Sean Carroll's viewpoint is, again, you can call it free will, you can call it black will you can call it green will you can call it whatever you want that the the wording of what we call it is boring you know it's it's something else that's emergent from an underlying feature of us of, of our brains and what how we've evolved and so i don't get caught up in the verbiage and i don't get caught up in the free will anything anymore because the process itself is still happening you can sit there and say we don't have free will okay fine we don't have free will i don't know what that means i still sort of i kind of have a choice if I'm going to go left or right, up and down, Sam Harris's argument, well, it was there the whole time. It's just for whatever reason you went left or you went right. Okay, fine. And, and again, you can argue the, the point of what is considered free will even in the first place. Um, but the process is still going to be the same. Whether you want to say I have an absolute true free will or not, that's kind of the argument. It's more, it's just the process and it's it's layers upon layers and it's not easy to unpack in a few minutes so i would look up sean carroll's talk with sam harris about free will it's interesting um but what i'm trying to say is is i'm caring less and less about talking and it really goes back to that old notion of you've heard probably a million times talk is cheap talk is cheap i'm a big talker i'll be honest i'm the first to admit i like to talk 
and I like to analyze and overanalyze, but I'm, I, have, I haven't always been the greatest with action and follow-up yeah. my whole life. I mean, you could go back to my, my little short-lived basketball career, junior high to high school, and I was a good athlete, and I was pretty good in junior high, but then I didn't feel like listening to the coaches. I wasn't very open. I wasn't very, I thought, uh, this is the way I want to do it, and that's why I want to do it. And I never really grew anymore as a basketball player. I think that I could have continued. I was really, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy. I'm five foot nine, five foot eight, so I'm not, you know, I don't think I would have been playing in the NBA, but I definitely think I could have for sure started on my high school and maybe even, maybe you know, even a little more if I would have listened more and learned some more fundamentals and things like that, but I was so closed-minded. Um, so... I can't remember what Sean Carroll said. He, he called himself something, and it wasn't poetic naturalist. I've used that in the past. He called it something else. I can't remember what he said, but I am becoming more and more just a person who just kind of goes along with the nature of the universe and what it is. And and again, I look at everything in this world as all-encompassing. The ever-changing flow of the universe is all-encompassing. I'm a part of it. The guy next to me in the car, the the person I'm annoyed with on our softball team, the the crazy parents. That, you know, I talked about softball. You know, I was talking about some sports parents yesterday. It's all part of it. You know, and it really boils down to what my perception is and what I want to be. Because ultimately, it doesn't even matter what somebody thinks of me. My ultimate goal is just to be a part of this universe. I'm not looking to, you know, necessarily be anything or, or be important or I just want to get up every day and just plug in to this system of the universe and, and do what I can. That's it. And so I, I've got, I guess what I'm trying to say here on the tail end of this chat, which I'm going to wrap up here, is that don't get caught up in the verbiage of people. Sometimes, you know, again, Christopher Hitchens is kind of one of my heroes, and I've heard a lot of his stuff, but he was so just anti-religious, like right away, like he just came out of the gate blazing. And I get that. I get it. Religion has caused a lot of harm and a lot of problems. But on the flip side of that coin, let's not be so atheist that every single religious person that comes into our life, we just automatically dismiss right away. You know, there's a lot of good. I told you uh, quite a few podcasts ago that when we were in Utah and I ran into some Mormons, they're some of the nicest people I can think of. Now, I'm also happen to be reading a book right now about Mormon fundamentalism and how there's been some atrocities committed under the banner of that. Now, if I'm going to sit there and say, you know, somebody who doesn't have a God might have murdered somebody and say, well, just because he didn't, just because he didn't have a God that, you know, you, you kind of stick up for atheist, atheistic views. I think the same can be said for people that are religious. There's religious fanatics, you know, just like, you know, there could be people that don't believe in God that are evil, you know, so I can't sit there and cast a, a, a net over every single person that talks about God. That's one of the problems that I've had. When I hear someone start talking about God and Jesus, I immediately, my ears close. But maybe sometimes when they're talking, maybe hear what they're actually saying and replace some of the words. And it's almost like they're talking about almost the exact same thing that I'm talking about. But they're just using different words. That's really it. Um, I can't say that they, if they really believe in Noah and the flood and some of those things, I'd have a hard time with that. But just the concepts of a guiding force. I mean, there really is a guiding maybe not guiding guiding might be the cor- not correct terminology maybe a mathematical <laughs> underlying thing that a, a, a law of nature let's say um, it's there 
And I can't base it on my judgment per se. You see what I mean? Like I can't, it's just my perception. So getting off a little bit, but what I'm trying to say is don't get caught up in the verbiage. Try to, if you're around a religious person and you're an atheist, or if you're in, if you're a religious person and you're around an atheist, do the same thing. You might sit there and you might, if you really hear an atheist talk, they might still talk about laws of nature and things like that, but they're kind of talking the same way you are, but maybe they're just explaining it different. I guess what it boils down to, let's not be closed-minded. Let's be open and let's be, you know, accepting of what other people's viewpoints are. Whether we agree or disagree. If they're not out to harm people, what's the what's the difference? All right. Well, everybody enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Um, signing off for the weekend. Probably I'll be back on Tuesday. Got a weekend of uh, baseball and my wife's 40th birthday. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> All right. Take care.